three, two, one. I don't know why, but I recently just started thinking about iCarly and I love how they always have this simple traditional, you know, introduction like one, two, I know, you see, somehow the world's gonna change for me and be so... Yeah, you guys get the point, okay? Cool. If you liked iCarly, cool. If you didn't, that's also amazing. But, you know, it's just like, it's one of those shows, it's a staple show that most people know and they're like, oh my gosh, I like iCarly. Personally, I didn't really like iCarly, I just watched it because you know, it was so, it was just always there, you know, like, you know, those TV shows that are just always there, but you're like, I don't really like this show, but I'm still gonna watch it, because, like, it's just there, and it's like, you have to watch it, I don't know, but first off, happy Friday, it's a great day to be alive, and I'm proud of you if you made it today, because not everyone made it today, so that's cool, also, you didn't ask, but I'm gonna tell you anyways, song recommendation for today is I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Why? Because, guys, when you're feeling down or just, you know, not really in the mood to deal with life, I highly recommend having a solemn, lonesome dance party. I'm talking Meredith Grey. The girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't, don't. I'm talking Meredith Grey dance party in your underwear to your favorite songs by your favorite artists for about 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm telling you, it'll genuinely improve your day. And you literally just had an energy boost that you didn't even know you had nor needed. So today's topic, sorry for my blabbermouth, but I had to have a great, you know, introduction. But let's get started. So attention, ladies and gents, I have a very special guest on my podcast today. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to collab with him and we wanted to make an episode talking about breaking generational curses. So this is my brother, the one I talked about previously in one of my other episodes. I think it was the struggles of a black woman. But anyways, so me and my brother Paris will be talking about that today. You can't laugh on it. Why can't I laugh? <laughs> okay, guys. He's just a little shy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's just a little shy. I don't know why. Oh. Well, I understood your Grey's Anatomy reference. You watched Grey's Anatomy? I, read, I watched it before you. No. Yes, it was actually a show I watched when I first got on my own after college. Uh, it really helped me out in dark times. So I watched Grey's Anatomy religiously. I'm actually rewatching it now. I'm on season five. Really? Yeah. So I understood the dance party with Meredith and Christina. Uh, Christina is one of my favorite characters. Um, George grew on me. Karev. I don't Kar- like George. I Karev think- is growing on me. I like Karev. Karev is hilarious. Growing on me. Um, who else am I thinking of? What's the dude's name? Isaiah Washington's character. Did- Burke. Didn't he? I like Burke. <laughs> when he was on the show. Didn't he die? In the show? Yeah. No. Burke didn't die. I hope I didn't spoil that for anyone. Guys, I apologize if I did. But hey, keep watching it. It's a great show, genuinely. Yeah. So, now, back to the topic. I don't know. I like talking about Grey's Anatomy. But anyways, back to the topic. So, everyone knows that breaking generational curses is on the rise. I, I genuinely feel like there is a cultural shift, you know? 
And it's been talked about. Emma Chamberlain talks about cultural shifts, but I've been seeing it on the internet. You know, people are finally starting to say, I don't want to work for the government anymore. I don't care about celebrities. I don't care about social media. So it's like, what do we truly care about now? You know, like, I feel like people are actually waking up to what is important. And I feel like, you know, younger people are breaking the stigma of we need to impress our parents. We need to be like our parents. And we're starting to unlearn their unhealthy behaviors and start learning what can I do to not be like my parents and, you know, create a better standard for my children. Yeah. And I also feel also feel that we are kind of particularly millennials and generation Z are one of the first generations to be able to have a choice in what they do. Because if you think about it, you go to previous generations, a lot of them didn't have a choice. A lot of them were still just trying to survive. So there was no room for, you know, oh, I want to be this or I want to be that or, you know, you know, every now and then people had aspirations or dreams, but I felt like they kind of had to do what they had to do to survive, you know, in those days. So now it's like, whereas we're a little bit better off, we have the opportunity to kind of do more so what we want. Whereas in the past, it wasn't really like that, you know? So I feel like it's part of just the natural balance of things in, in progression of life is the why we have or, or why things are the way they are now. But I also think at the same time, we've been able to realize like, Hey, a lot of the stuff that y'all did for so many years doesn't make any sense. So why are we doing this? Let's change it because what we're doing makes no sense, especially with the times. So I feel like that's also a, a factor too, is like people finally realizing things for so long in this country and around the world just make no sense. And it's like, if you step back and think about it with a lot of stuff, it's like, why do we do things this way when it makes no zero sense, you know, to our generation at least? And things to get changed. And I'm sure they had moments in their generation where they looked at previous generations and were like, well, well, why are you guys doing this? This doesn't make any sense. It's just a natural evolution of things. But I feel like now more than ever, you're you're starting to see people, um, you know, be different from prior generations, like because they're like, why are we why are my parents racist? You know, I never grew up that way. Why are my parents homophobic? Or, or transphobic. I, I'm not really like that. So why did why is it that you know people are like that when I'm not really? So I think that's a big difference too. People just realizing that a lot of this stuff is just it's really just not it's really idiotic. You know the reason why we do certain things, and now it's like we're coming out with a different approach that can make the world better. I completely agree. I think especially what you were saying with you know racism. I feel like. I I don't know, like, there are some kids that I've met, and they've told me that their parents are racist, and they're like, well, I don't believe this, when I'm like, but why are you telling me this? Why are you comfortable telling me that your parents are racist? So doesn't that make you, like, coherently racist? I don't know. Well, do they follow up that statement with, you know, I told my parents off, or something like that, or or do they they say anything to their parents about them being racist? I mean, sure, they can say what they want, but at the end of the day, I feel as if, you know, they deep down they still carry those beliefs you know and it's like they'll turn against you when you don't agree with them or they don't agree with you and they're like well you know what that's why you people can't do this or that's why you people are like this and it's like they show their true color so it's like can you really trust being 
friends with someone else of the opposite race or and that can apply to just you know people of like people who are you know middle eastern or brown or whatever because they get treated they get mistreated too i feel like any minority has to really you know question other races like is this person good to be in my life because at the end of the day i am a you know let's say you're black i'm a black individual my life is at high stakes every day yeah and (laughs) in society and it's like people don't realize that and the only people that will realize that are other black people and you know you want to branch out and you know not segregate each other but like the harsh reality is is that racism still exists and we can only do so much if you know we come together because imagine how strong we would be as one because the government doesn't want that they don't want us to come together as one they're going to be like no this this can't be because if we stop fighting against each other there's there's no there's no society (laughs) and i I feel like a lot of uh what's going on now or continues to this day is people people being in denial so like we talked about generational curses i feel like a lot of people their parents might still be in denial about it existing or they see it as this. They see racism as sometimes I feel, you know, when you see the pictures of the guns and hoses, not the guns and hoses, but the hoses and dogs like back in the 60s on TV when people, you know, were getting discriminated against. I think they think racism is like an, I guess, a physical action sometimes instead of what it really is. Sometimes it's, you know, um, little microaggressions or things that people say here and there, they don't even realize are racist, you know, and they, and they get away with it because they don't, they don't think anything of it. A lot of it's ignorance, but part of it is like, it's, 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 it's ingrained, you know, it's ingrained in them. They don't even, they don't even realize it, you know? So that's, that's like, um, that's why I asked you earlier, you know, when, when you talk to those friends and they say that about their parents is like, are they checking them? And, you know, when they say that, or are they just letting them be how they are instead of explaining like, Hey, right. you can't be this way. Cause this is, it is literally not liking somebody over the color of their skin. And the fact that we're in 2022 and this is still, still one of the biggest problems in America is crazy, you know? Um, so it's, it's just like one of those things where you just hope that, People do their part and try to break the generational curse and say, hey, my parents might have been this way, but I'm not going to be because this is not the life I want my kids to ra- you know, be raised up in. And hopefully, like, more people take that attitude. Right. But my question is, what happens when the parents disagree and they're like, oh, well, I don't agree with what you're doing. And let's say they financially support them in somewhat way. Do you think generational curses can be broken if they're not financially stable? Because remember, for, you know, using us as a, or as an example, you know, our parents weren't really emotionally available for us because they were busy, you know, taking care of us, which I'm so grateful for. But it's like they didn't give us the emotional support we truly needed. And it's because they were so stressed out with daily life, especially as a, bl- a black family. So. Yeah, and their and their parents were probably more stressed out. Even to them, you know, um, because at, when their parents were alive, it was segregation. So, like, it was a whole different element then. And so, um, you know, I feel like when it comes to the financial part, it's like, as long as you do your part and say, like, hey, you know, being racist toward another group is not is wrong. 
I feel like you've done your part. There's only so much you can do. But as long as you make that effort and say like, hey, I feel this way. You guys should feel this way, too. And their response is whatever it is, then it's fine. But as long as you let them know, I feel like Mm -hmm. that this is not right. I feel like that's that's good enough, you know, because you're not going to change everybody overnight. Right. So let's say, okay, guys, I want you to ask yourselves a question, okay? And we're going to answer this question. So what do you want for your children to experience differently from what you experienced from your early childhood? And what are you going to do to make that change? You go first. Okay, so I'll go first. So personally, you know, growing up, I struggled with self-worth and you know, that caused me to set low standards for myself, which allowed me to attract the wrong people and attract bad experiences and let people walk all over me. And I became a pushover. And that does not help you. And when you don't prioritize yourself and your, you know, needs, it shows and people will take advantage of that. They're like, oh, well, this person, you know, they're naive. They don't really have anyone They're They don't care. They just don't do anything for anyone. And they'll treat you like garbage, which eventually just ruins your self-esteem even more, you know? And I feel like at some point you're going to say enough, right? And then you you question, why do I keep attracting, you know, narcissists? Why do I keep attracting people that don't actually care about me as a person? Why do I keep attracting people that put me down or, you know, take advantage of my kindness? And it goes back down to, you know, what you grew up seeing and what you grew up receiving. And when other people can see that you are not necessarily star from love, but didn't get the love that you deserve, it's evident and they take advantage of that or they'll give you the bare minimum because they think that that's what you're okay with accepting. And, you know, you're not going to know, you're not going to know what the right type of love you deserve or what type of love you need until you find self-love. And I really think that's why people should be very, very cautious before entering a relationship because it's like, yeah, sure. You want a relationship, you want to receive love, but you have to genuinely and truly find yourself and love yourself so that you can attract the, the best person who can love you even with your flaws and they have to truly understand you. And I think that I would want my children to be, you know, not necessarily full of themselves, but just, you know, sure of themselves. And I would push them to do what they wanted and I would support them emotionally, not only financially, you know, I'd rather, well, no, I want them to be stable, but I want to make sure that they get the help that they they need. You know, one person taught me, my last relationship taught me that love is sacrifice. So if you you know, you really have to push yourself to be the best for your kids. And it's not easy, especially in real life. So, you know, I think that I just want them to, you know, be comfortable actually talking to me about their problems. They shouldn't have to, you know, fear coming to me with information, fear if they're going to use it against you. And I think that's so traumatizing, you know, for kids, like having your own parents use your weaknesses against you. It just, it breaks the trust between the parent and the child themselves. And I feel like trust is a huge factor when parenting your child, because if your child doesn't trust you, it creates 
deceitful children. It causes them to lie. It causes them to sneak around. And then you're going to be like, why is my child hiding things from me? Because you broke the bond to where they felt comfortable telling you anything. And when you create a healthy you know, bond with your child, maybe they'll mess up, but they'll feel comfortable coming to you with anything. Therefore, they're more reasonable to actually you know, be disciplined. Um, so, yeah. You done took up half the show. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's almost over. <laughs> no. They can go super long. Uh, no, nah, but I uh I I I uh, agree with some of your points definitely. And I would say what I would want um years from now cuz I don't want kids anytime soon. But I would say I would be the person to instill confidence in them. I feel like that's something that you know, especially being a young black man is what you need more of is because every day you have the world telling you you can't do this for that. And a lot of things you can't do, they say you can't do because of the color of your skin. And you already have so many odds against you in the first place. So I feel like I would instill confidence, you know, in the kids, you know, first and foremost. Um, and like you said, be there to support them, not just financially, but emotionally. I feel like that's uh, you know, a thing being emotionally available for your kids. But part of that goes back to also being financially stable too, to begin with mm-hmm. before you have them. I feel like a lot of times that goes back to that survival mode thing. People have kids when they're in survival mode. So it's like you add them on top of all the other stresses they have. And it's like, well, by the time I get home, I can't even be open, you know, open to them, you know? So I feel like for me personally, I want to make sure I'm in a financial state to where I can take care of my kids and not really have to struggle or worry about them struggling. I don't want to have to do that. So I feel like it starts with those first is first making yourself stable enough financially, emotionally yourself. So you can be that person to the kids, because I feel like, um, you know, if you are whole and you love yourself, you're going to, that's going to reflect not only your relationships with a significant other, but also your kids too. How were your kids conceived? Were they conceived with love? You know, um, and I feel like an important thing to point out too is that I feel like like God has to be brought into it too because I feel like the essence of God is love. I feel like that's what God is. And I feel like that's something that has to be instilled in kids too, but not to the point where it's like um, like to overload on religion or, or something like that, but just make sure they know that they can, they should rely on God, you know, um, in addition to relying on their parents. So it, it makes you sure that, you know, you're going to be there for them, um, in all facets of life. I feel like it's going to be very important. What, what I'll, you know, try to do for my kids and then just like taking time to do stuff with them, you know, whether it be, uh, playing basketball with them, playing baseball, throwing a football, um, playing video games with them. So, you know, that's, I think the, all those things would mean a lot to a kid for you just to be present, present there physically, but also present there uh, mentally too, is like something that, you know, I want to do for my kids. And I feel like a lot of kids will be better off if their parents were able to be that, you know, and I know circumstances are different. Sometimes people don't have a, a father or a mother to be there for them, you know? So I, that's the one thing I am grateful for is that we had that. Um, Cause not everybody does, you know? Uh, but at the same time, you know, you want people to also be there and be present for you 
um, you know, and, and instill and instill confidence. Like you can do anything you want to be, right. you know, I think that's kind of like what you should instill, but also be real with them about stuff. Don't hide anything from them to protect the kids. You know, you need to like, let them know while they're young, how the world really is. So they can know it when they're, when they're 18, they get out the house. They already know how life is going to be instead of finding out when you're 18 off of school or after school, like a lot of people do, they don't find out about the real world until they're in their mid twenties, you know? So I feel like knowing how things can be, um, not shielding them from stuff at an early age to me is like stuff I'm going to do to make sure they're well off and successful. Okay. Guys, I don't know why, but I just randomly had this thought about the pizza that I had earlier today. <laughs> My brother, he, I literally, I was like laying in bed and I woke up to him FaceTiming me. I thought it was a dream. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I thought I was dreaming. And he was like, um, I don't even remember you calling me. I was so tired because I stayed up till five in the morning because I could not sleep. Why? I don't know. I could not sleep. It's like weird. It's like some days I just cannot sleep. It's like my mind is racing at three to five in the morning. Maybe it's spiritual warfare, guys. Shh, don't tell anyone. But yeah, so he calls me. And at this point, I think I'm dreaming. Like, I think I'm losing it. And he's like, hey, do you want pizza or something? <laughs> or like, do you want food? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, okay, what do you want? And I was like, uh... I took, like, at least a good minute and 30 seconds to answer because I was, like, so out of it. And it was, like, 11 in the morning, too. Like, I, that's not healthy. But I was just, like, pepperoni because, like, I don't know what to get. Like, and first, why would you get Domino's of all places? Why didn't you get Papa John's? I like Domino's more. But I don't, I don't, I don't really eat franchise pizza like that since I moved to Franchise. DC. I don't because D.C. has so many, like, mom and pop pizza places that are better. But I don't get pizza like that anyway. I only get it, like, if I'm... Because there's nothing in the house, so... I don't... Guys, hear me out. I like pizza, but, I like, it depends on who makes it, okay? There are certain places where, like, no one... Who likes Dominant? Like, I don't know. Personally, I really like... I know Papa John's is, is racist, allegedly, but, like, I love Papa John's pizza, okay? I don't support the racism, but I really like the pizza and the garlic butter. So, butter me up. <laughs> talk about <laughs> he doesn't find my dad jokes quirky but i do i adore them i think they're phenomenal absolutely hilarious top tier it's giving girl boss of michael scott all right anyways so i really want a milkshake i don't know why man i had one yesterday from uh what is that place down the street you got milkshakes without me where was the place at you he got milkshake when did you do this when? It was yesterday. When? You were going somewhere when you were off your little adventure. Adventure. Where did I get it from, man? What is that place <laughs> called? Cookout. Oh, cookout. Oh my gosh, that shake was so good. <laughs> man, that was <laughs> crazy. Was it? What flavor did you get? I just got regular chocolate. <laughs> man, that thing was. You know they have a peach cobbler shake. That's probably like so much like sugar. I don't know. I want to, guys, I'm going to try that, okay? Peach cobbler shake. Oh. Man. Are they open? Guys. Oh, they're open. They're open? Yeah. Do you want to get it? Yeah. Okay, hold on. So, guys, song recommendation. Um, My brother is also on Apple Music, and he just released his album called Unheld. 
His name is spelled P E R R I S. Definitely check it out. Well, not on the you got it's P Sizzle on the Apple Music. Oh, my bad, guys. He corrected me. It's P Sizzle <laughs> on Apple Music. Anyways, um, yeah. But Paris, do you have any song recommendations for the fans or supporters? Hmm. Well, on the topic or just in general? Just in general, like the first song that comes to your head. Uh. Well, the first song that came to my head was the song I have on there called Trauma. Trauma. All right, guys. You heard it from P. Sizzle himself. Listen to a song called Trauma. But, yeah. So, listen, guys. If you experience, you know, traumatizing child... Or, you know, if you had childhood trauma that was ultimately traumatizing to your mental health and affected how you came up, just know that you're not alone and... The fact that you acknowledge it is great because you know what you don't want for your kids, hopefully. And the fact that so many of us can relate and, you know, share similar experiences allows us to create a, you know, generational shift. And that's so sick. That's so sick. Because think about it. If we all change our mindsets and change the way we raise our kids, imagine how much more peaceful we'll be. But it also causes fear because what happens when we lose control? You know, what happens when, you know, people of a higher authority can't, you know, control us anymore? Then what? Are they going to take away social media? They're already talking about doing that. Are they going to, you know, control it through the school systems? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of scary. I don't know. Oh, I was going to talk about this. I was going to talk about the what. Well, the reason why I recommended the song Trauma was because I feel like this is something I talk about in the song is how. Um, actually, let me go to the lyrics. This is actually <laughs> this is actually a good. This <laughs> actually relates to the conversation we were having. Okay, guys. Um, where is this thing at? Trauma. Okay, so I want to I want to go to the hook real quick. They're really how how late do they stay open? So four AM? She's talking about cookout. Oh. Okay, so but the hook the hook I say, um, we all got some trauma and we probably get it from our mama and we probably get it from our papa. He probably got it from his father. He probably passed it to his daughters, her sons on the streets getting slaughtered. So and it says vicious cycle, Lord how we stop it. And it goes back to like how especially like for black people this this generational trauma started with slavery and then it just gets passed down generations, you know, in generations and it continues to this day. How do you because slavery was not that long ago. Segregation was not that long ago. Our grandparents lived in in segregation. So isn't it not it's not really hard to believe that a lot of that stuff is ingrained in us still, too, because it wasn't that long ago, you know. So I feel like that's something that we all have to break is that generational trauma as well and for me that started by going to therapy i started going when i was 23 and i've been going basically since then and i feel like it's really um helped out in 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 basically getting into the root causes of why you are the way you are and how you can improve yourself and you know it's still a work in progress i know for me and it's it's something else i mentioned in the song too i say ninth grade i remember i hated high school i was sitting by myself like a damn fool Lonely nights, lonely days, I was a damn tool. I wouldn't fight back, I was a damn stool. So 
like in ninth grade, I went to like the neighborhood school until I ended up transferring my junior year. I mean, my sophomore year where I ended up graduating from. So my ninth grade year, um, I went to the neighborhood school and it was like, it was rough. You know, I did not. And my sister and brother have never went through this. They never been able to relate to it. So, and I really didn't really have any friends. So I would sit by myself at lunch like every day, you know, and I remember like how alone it was. And so I, I, I think about the version of me in ninth grade, how I'd be sitting myself in lunch in the school. I didn't really have friends at all. I was, I was basically silent the whole year. And, um, that version of me, I feel like changed my life because I was so like lonely and, you know, and, and afraid, you know, when I was at school every day. And, uh, luckily that, but I felt like it changed me when I went to different schools, I was quiet, you know, cause you know, and up to, before that point in middle school, elementary school, I was not a quiet person like that until that school year, because it was just such a culture shock. You know, it was the first time I saw like, you know, like pregnant, like teenagers, like 14 year olds and 14. yeah. And, and like, there were a lot of like gangs in that school and stuff. So I was like afraid, you know, and I was just like a kid coming from, you know, like the school twin lakes schools we came from were like not yeah so it wasn't like that and um so i just wasn't used to it and so that year was like very traumatizing um in in general and i wish there was a way to get out but i you know there was no i had no other choice i had to go there um because i didn't get into the school we were trying to get into at the time but um you know basically when i think back now like when i when i go back and i had to do like inner healing and you talk about self-love, I had to go back to, okay, when was the moment that you were really like most hurt? And I thought about to that ninth grade year where I had like nobody. So it was like, I, in this, I have this image of my mind, like the version of me as an adult comforting that 14 year old version of me who is scared to death for his life, you know? And it like, it kind of like brings me peace in a way and like you bringing them together. And it's like, look who I am now. It's like, this is who you grow up to be. So it like, in a way, it like helped me out with self-love. Looking back at the version of me from there, when I kind of felt like it stopped, you know, because I felt like it was just, I was just there, you know, I wasn't really living. I was just existing, you know? And then the version of me now is like, well, look now. And I feel like it's still, this is still just the tip of the iceberg where I am now, you know? So I, I said all that to say, that, you know, breaking that trauma starts with you. You have to be the one to decide to do the work. And a lot of people don't want to do that work. But once you do that, it's like you're setting yourself up and future generations for something better. And you never know who you might inspire along the way, you know? Right. And guys, that's exactly what this podcast is about, to inspire you, okay? Like, in my previous episodes, I think it's speaking before you think. I'm like, what does it mean to truly be inspired? And, you know... As Paris was saying how he created a version of himself to where he could, you know, make his younger self proud. I really like that, you know, take and statement because I never thought of it that way. That really shifted my perspective. So, you know, when you want to become a different person or let's say you want to make a change, right? Think back to your younger self. What would you want for them? What would you do to make your younger self proud and feel safe and, you know, at home and genuinely, you know, 
happy. And I want you to, you know, just take about, you know, two to five minutes to really reflect back on that and think. And ask yourself, am I doing what would make that younger self happy? Am I accomplishing their hopes and dreams? Am I, you know, attracting the right people who would, you know, be good for me? And, you know, it does take a lot of, you know, deep self-reflection and therapy can definitely help you. Um, if you don't have access to therapy, there is also um, cheap cheap therapy online. If you can't have access to that, there's also some podcasts I'd recommend. So definitely feel free to message me or, you know, um, inbox me. You guys can message me on my TikTok. It's the same as my my name unapologetically me but it's my name is unapologetically Aubrielle so you guys can message me there if you need advice so that's great but wow that was a lot to unravel and I'm so glad that we had that conversation because you know guys we need more people to really you know help people and when I say help I mean you know help them grow in the spirit, okay? Because everything else, sure, yeah, it helps. It's important for a temporary amount of time, but your spirit, like I said, being rich in the spirit is instilled in you forever. So make sure you heal your spirit so that you are able to, you know, fully reach your full potential and still be happy, okay? Because, that's what life is about. Life is about inspiring others, inspiring yourself, and becoming the highest version of yourself, okay? Sure, you want to obtain material things. Awesome, great. But what do you leave here with, okay? What do you want to be known for? Imagine you have one day left on this earth. What would you want to be known for? Let's say you, today was your last day. What would you want to be known for? Uh, someone who helped people. Help them doing what? Uh, become their best selves. Or, and it's, well, just not only that, but also um, help people in different ways. I don't have the, you know, resources right now, but someday. But that's why, guys, that's why we're talking to you now. You know, it's okay to not always have everything you need, but the fact is you want to help people. So what can you do? to, you know, just take a baby step, which is why we're spreading these messages today, okay? And God is going to, you know, send this message out to whoever needs to hear it because God put it on my spirit to make this podcast. And I'm genuinely so grateful for the support that it's gotten in the last 30 days. And I would have not imagined it getting that much support. So that's phenomenal to me so you know and feel free to message Paris as well for young adults or people who are struggling you know he's been through it especially as a black man so feel free to message him okay and you know talk to them about it or him about it um but I don't know I feel like is there anything else you want to talk about like I don't know I feel like we covered pretty much everything so yeah, guys. Um, happy Friday once again. I hope we were, you know, productive today. If you weren't having a very productive day, I'm proud of you for getting out of bed today because, you know, you are so amazing and I'm grateful that you did and you're doing amazing. Okay. So remember, find the root, 
of what is causing you, you know, generational trauma. Two, find a solution. Three, inspire other people, okay? And be kind to others. Put a smile on someone's face today, all right? And if no one told you today, you're awesome and you're amazing. So, you guys take care and good riddance and goodbye. I love you.